Deloitte's The Insight Track is developed to prep you and your organization for the ever-changing future. It provides insights into the agility you'll need to do sustainable business. This podcast series dives into the six agility domains necessary for Belgian companies to stand up to future crises. Please welcome our Inside Track host, Gudula Veynans, Director of Deloitte Belgium. At Deloitte, we believe that change is the only constant. Companies today have no choice anymore. If they want to be ready for the future, they need to be agile on a daily basis. And this agility will enable them to do continuous business transformation. And that is why we did a survey a couple of months ago, where we interviewed Belgian companies on six domains. And these results you all can read in our Belgian readiness report. The inside track by Deloitte will provide you more insights on all these six domains. And today we will have a look at sustainability. And sustainability is a lot more than just a CO2 emission and climate change. But first, let me introduce you to our guests of today. Welcome, Julia and Laurent and uh, Reinhardt. Let's introduce yourself, please. Thank you, Hudla, and thanks for having us. I am Julia Vanos. I joined the Lord three years ago, and I'm part of the SUP data and analytics team, where we support clients in designing their analytics architecture. And then thereupon, we implement their roadmap. And that can be data warehouse systems, integration, analytics, visualization tools. And my focus is uh, finance analytics and sustainable sustainability analytics. Hi, Huddle. I'm uh, Laurent van Melkebeke, uh, Finance and Sustainability Director within Deloitte. Um, I embed sustainability into the organization's core DNA, mainly by translating sustainability strategies into um, the, the operations of a company, meaning helping design and implement change across processes, policies, organization, um, people as well, and data and systems, uh, basically from data to performance management and reporting. Okay. Hi, good. Uh, Hi. I'm uh, Renat Klerk. I'm a partner within the climate and sustainability practice, leading a team of uh, very passionate sustainability professionals. And um, with the team, we we basically assist clients in creating, improving their sustainability strategy, but also then, of course, implementing, operationalizing the strategy, and then at the end, enabling them to report uh, their own. Okay, welcome to all of you. Laurent, can you please tell me what has sustainability to do in becoming an agile company? Sure, Goedele. Um, let's take a step back first and, okay. and define sustainability. Um, sustainability is often referred to as uh, ESG, so an acronym that stands for Environmental, Social and Governance Principles. So it's all about healthy business practices um, across the conservation of the natural world, um, the consideration of people and relationships, and the good standards of running a company well. Okay. So the covered teams are really broad. When you look at the E of ESG, it's all about um, greenhouse gas emissions, energy consumption, energy intensity, water and waste management, and all that defines the environmental, uh, ecological footprint of a company. When you look at the S, it's about well-being of employees. Um, it's about diversity and inclusion. 
but also about health and safety, about community relations um, and also citizenship. Um, and when you look then at the G, uh, the governance principle, it's about purpose-led organizations, uh, anti-bribery, anti-corruption measures, um, but also the policies to lobbying of a company. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the healthy business practices, but it's also about future-proofing your organization. Um, business value is not measured anymore only based on um, financial impact. Um, leading companies also consider their societal um, impact, their environmental impact into the core strategy of the organization. And that has in turn uh, implications in terms of risks, growth, but also long-term value of a company. And then if I recall correctly, in the Belgian Agility Survey, um, approximately 73% of the companies were um, dealing with sustainability matters, but that also means that 27% are not actively working on sustainability. Seriously, so you're telling me right now that 30% of all Belgian companies are not dealing actively with sustainability topics? I'm really surprised. I would think it's on everybody's mind today. Eh? And certainly if you know that as from 2024 onwards, that big portion of, of European companies will need to report on certain KPIs uh, for sustainability. So can you tell a little bit more about that for, perhaps? Yeah, sure, Goodall. Um And indeed, you're right. Uh, there will be an obligation as from 2024 onwards for, uh, for companies. Um, uh, Let's take a step back uh, again and um, let's look at the, the current um, le legislative framework um, in, uh, uh, around us, uh, the, the NFRD, um, the Non-Financial Reporting Directive, and that applies to large public quoted companies. Now, the NFRD is very loosely regulated. Um, it has its flows um, and namely, it doesn't provide for comparability and consistency across companies. Uh, that's why the CSRD, Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, um, will come into force. Uh, and it brings a lot of change with it. Um, mm -hmm. Not only quoted companies, public, large public quoted companies will need to report, but uh, the definition of large uh, is revised um, and it's not only quoted companies anymore. So uh, listed and non-listed large companies will need to report under the scope of the CSRD. Okay. And large is being defined as having a total balance sheet of more than 20 million, having a total turnover of more than uh, 40 million um, and or um, having more than 250 employees on payroll. Um, okay. And the conditions are uh, or conditions. You need to exceed two out of three of those criteria okay. to fall under the scope of the CSRD. That means that approximately um, 11,000 companies will needed to report under the NFRD. And uh, under the CSRD, it's times five um, in the, at European scale. Okay. So besides the scope, extension, uh, you also have significant improvement on the content of the reporting. Um, companies will need to report across all the dimensions, the E, the S and the G dimensions, um, but also on their sustainable strategy, on the, on the resilience of their business model, on the role of the board and the role of the executive management uh, on sustainability related matters, but also on the sustainability policies, also on objectives, targets, the KPIs, that companies have in place to 
manage their sustainability related topics and also they will need to disclose the progress they make year over year about their um, progress on their KPIs. Okay. So that's all about the content of that. Are there other obligations they need to think about uh, in yeah, terms indeed, of that? Um, so next to the content elements, um, information will need to provide all of that information in the management report, so in the annual report of a company. Uh, and, and that means a serious acceleration in the reporting calendar because previously companies could issue a sustainability statement or a sustainability report after the publication of their annual report. Mm -hmm. Now all of that needs to be embedded in the integrated annual report of a company um, and also provide that information in a digital format. And finally, um, all of that information is binding, so is regulated by norms and standards and these will be audited, so the, the information provided by companies will be audited. First, it's a limited assurance requirements and over time it will become a reasonable assurance um, that a third party needs to provide on sustainability related information. So Reinhard, tell me, if sustainability is such an important topic in order to become a future-proof company, why are so many companies still at the very start of, of the journey? Eh? What, what uh, Laurent was explaining. I would like to nuance the message a bit because at the end many companies are working on sustainability topics. They mm -hmm. are working on sustainability initiatives, they have sustainability programs in place, but often they don't really realize it or capture it. Um, and the most common thing I see with, with companies is that they like a clear strategy, a clear strategy, a clear approach and a structured way to manage the performance they have. Okay. Um, and also, of course, we are not helping as sustainability professionals because if you just think about all the abbreviations we use as professionals, we talk about TCFD, GRI, TNFD, SBTI, and many more. So as a sustainability professional, we know those things very well. But if you talk to somebody who's not into the depth of those topics, they get lost. So it is important for us as sustainability professionals to explain more and more clear what sustainability is about. And at the end, it is about grabbing the key sustainability domains which really matter for a company and managing them well. And hence, making them a better business which is more future-proof. Okay, so sustainability is about long-term orientation, if, if I can wrap it up like that. But what are then the biggest challenges today on a short term for the companies? The, the biggest challenge is without contest uh, data um, okay. and getting in control structured processes to measure, steer and report. Uh, so, so the complexity of ESG data management is really increasing. Um, it, it's not like the financials which nicely sit in an ERP system. Um, ESG data is scattered all over the place. Um, we talk about um, more volume more users, uh, increased need for speed and transparency, uh, and also accuracy. So where can companies start? Um, my advice would be to start small and then scale progressively. Um, first, you need to define ESG goals, um, very clear ESG goals. Um, let's take an example, um, a decarbonization example. Mm -hmm. Targets 
can be set um, or a target can be to reduce a company's carbon emission um, by 50%, for example, by 2030, and then to reach net zero by 2050. The underlying measures that can support that are to green the car fleet, for example. And that can be measured through an indicator, which is the, to monitor the percentage of hybrid and to monitor the percentage of new green electric vehicles. Yeah. Another measure can be to increase the supply chain transparency with a measure that can be monitor the percentage of your suppliers that go through an ESG evaluation or an ESG screening. Once you have those measures clear, you have to set up a strong governance and data discipline within the company. As mentioned, ESG sits all over the place, owned by multiple functions, um, and data might at some point also not be available. Um, within scope three emissions, for example, the data lies at your supplier side. So it's a real struggle for company. Okay. Um, finally, you need to establish a, a central single source of truth, a central database where all of your data sits, can be collected, not to replace your source systems, but to link it to your source systems and use that then to report. Okay, so you find the main short-term challenges are first of all governance and data discipline for the companies. And then secondly, I understand also clear target setting and KPIs, is that right? That's correct. Okay. So, but what surprises me is that companies still have difficulties eh, to find the right and the accurate data. So, Julia, you as, as a data expert, what are typically the steps you take to get to that reliable data? Yes, good question. So first of all, eh, from a governance organizational point of view, um, organizations need to make sure that manual interventions are limited and through technology that there is an automated workflow set into place, which means that you have specific steps for the quality control of your data, validity, feasibility, and finally uh, approval of that new data. And that comes in, in very a lot of aspects actually of the, of the reporting. Um, Laurent mentioned eh, those uh, European sustainability reporting standards need to be followed up on, for example, CSRD, EU taxonomy for external, external reporting. Now for internal reporting, you might want to slightly adjust those. And a concrete example here is we're currently building an ESG reporting solution for an automotive OEM company. And there we have been looking with them, okay, what are specific metrics that they want to track? And actually in an automotive industry, they typically track those measures compared to the amount of cars they produced, revenue per vehicles, cost per vehicles. Now, again, eh, we want to then adjust that for the ESG KPI. So you then have um, number of amount of emissions per, per vehicles and that new KPI um, creation then also goes through that automated workflow. Someone creates the KPI, someone needs to approve it, data load, etc. And finally then validation. And that four eyes principle is very crucial because then you ensure that in your reports the data is correct mm -hmm. and based on that correct data trust is then built and corrective actions will be taken then by the employees of that company. Oh, interesting. So that's all what regards at the governance aspect. And then secondly, from a technology point of view, uh, we need to make sure that tools are available to uh, ensure that data availability 
in the right data granularity. And how can we solve that? Uh, first of all, we need to set up tools that track ESG, but also other KPIs um, through um, their processes, their suppliers, even their suppliers of their suppliers. And then second of all, merge that into that central repository in an analytics platform, merging the ESG data with more traditional data, the finance data, uh, supply chain data. And then you have this holistic dashboard for which then um, more informed decision-making can be taken up by the employees of that firm, not only taking into account their financial implications, but also environmental and social implications. And how are they going to do that? Let me give you an example. So currently employees always track at a traditional shareholder metrics, profitability metrics, um, EBIT margin, etc., to assess, okay, first of all, how financially healthy is a company. But then on top of that, uh, companies should track carbon dioxide, but also other, and that's very important, other ESG metrics. For example, at the social metrics, uh, the percentage of women in management, uh, percentage of employee turnover, um, water usage, energy consumption. And what we currently see today actually in that Agile report is that only 37% consider sustainability to be larger than only carbon dioxide tracking. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a lot more than, than the carbon topic. But Reinhard, why do you think carbon is such a prominent topic today when talking about sustainability? I think on one hand it's understandable because if you think about carbon, greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, at the end it's, it's one of the issues of our current generation. We really have to overcome this one. But it is important to think beyond carbon. Mm -hmm. Because if we really want to make it happen, if we really want to go to a low carbon economy, we have to consider all aspects of ESG. We have to think about water, biodiversity, waste, because also directly and indirectly, they have an impact on climate change. But of course, we can't forget, we can't lose the people therein as well in the transition. So the social dimensions are very important. And if there is not a good governance in place, we will for sure not make it happen. So all aspects of ESG are important if we want to make the transition. Sustainability is clearly more than about car carbon. Uh, what is it then about? So sustainability at the end is about, is the practice of, of managing resources responsibly. And uh, when I say resources, I mean all resources. So I'm talking about natural resources. I'm talking about human resources, social resources, intellectual resources, manufactured resources, but also, of course, financial resources. So if all those resources, you are managing them in a responsible way, that is what sustainability is about. And within every company, one resource is, of course, more important than the other. Mm -hmm. And on one, you can have more impact than on the other. And that's key to grab uh, within a sustainability strategy. So, okay, what you're saying is that every company should have a clear corporate sustainability strategy um, in order to make sure to cover all these different topics within sustainability. So let's say that we have this strategy in place. What is the next? You need to operationalize that strategy. You need to integrate sustainability into business as usual processes. Um, let's capture that through a couple of examples. Um, a client, for instance, can integrate sustainability into 
a business case. Um, so uh, at one client, we have uh, monetized carbon uh, emissions uh, to integrate that into a business decision for large capital expenditure projects. Uh, so next to the financial return on investment, mm -hmm. you also see the ecological footprint, footprint monetized into the business case. And, and that's really how you can feel the impact of sustainability. Uh, another example is if you really want to make it work within a company, you need to start incentivizing people on sustainability related KPIs. So if you incentivize the board on the reduction of carbon um, footprint, if you incentivize the board on um, energy efficiency, on our safety performance, then suddenly they feel it also in their pockets yeah. and then you will make probably a faster impact on sustainability matters. Now, you can also integrate sustainability into the planning, strategic planning, budgeting and forecasting cycles. Uh, so these are typical finance cycles um, to drive insights, to manage performance. But you can do that on carbon emissions, for instance. Um, and if you start doing strategic planning and budgeting also on carbon, you create visibility um, on, on your impact. And then all of that, um, obviously, can be facilitated by technology, um, can be um, easened by technology. Technology can really um, be an asset to smoothen the process, to reduce manual intervention, but also to improve internal control um, within a company. Um, and also, last but not least, facilitate auditability uh, yeah. of all of that data and the data flows. Yeah. Yes, in, indeed, Laurent, digitalization can be a true accelerator for companies going through the sustainable transition. Uh, first of all, what you mentioned is that, yeah, true technology, they can track uh, their current ESG KPIs and compare that to their plan, that to their target KPIs, see what the delta is, how they can achieve that planning. But also they can compare themselves at benchmarking with other competitors to see, okay, what is their current performance? performance and then based on that uh, using advanced analytics we can detect anomalies we can detect actually patterns across locations and units to enable uh, an effective improvement plan and really act on that and that better uh, decision making actually happens on two different levels the first level in, is on a strategic level for top management um, if they better understand the relationship between uh, their traditional business success and then sustainability they can really make an impact and that's also what we see at Deloitte, it doesn't always have to be a trade-off between both. Um, the objective here is by 2026 to have a completely green car fleet, so only electric vehicles. And this has, of course, an impact on our operations, has an impact on sustainability objectives, but ultimately also has an impact on um, employer branding. So it's a win-win. So that's what regards strategic. If we then look at the second level, which is within the operations of a company, here we see that um, you can also include that decision-making, for example, in just product development, making sure that your product development is smart and sustainable. If you know exactly what are all the materials that you use in an end product and you tra transparently track 
by which supplier were they bought, uh, what, what are transportation costs, what are mm -hmm. also the financial costs not to be forgotten, can they be recycled, etc. And if they can then be swapped through better sustainable materials, that's also uh, ultimately uh, gaining sustainable objective within a company. But if we can even take it a step further um, and push that decision making towards our customers, our end customers of a company. When you transparently not only show what are the prices for your end products, but also your total carbon footprint, your total GHG emissions, uh, the consumer can ultimately take their own decision deliberately. For example, for a pair of sneakers that they can track, okay, what is now has the highest sustainable impact, the highest financial cost. And you can also leverage then an EEG premium and actually charge your customers for more sustainable products if, for, if ultimately they also were uh, produced at a higher cost. Thank you, Julia, for explaining us the importance of uh, data within a sustainability strategy. We are at the end of today's episode. Um, I would like to thank you, Julia, uh, Laurent and Reinhardt for explaining us the importance of sustainability and also, more important, how sustainability really adds agility towards Belgian companies. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. You, thank you, Huelela. Thank you all for joining this episode of the Inside Track by Deloitte. And I hope to see you all back for the next one. Bye. You're now one step further on the inside track to agility. Want to know more about the six domains that will strengthen your organisation? The Belgian Readiness Report is freely available. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Inside Track to keep broadening your way forward. <laughs>